Joining us all the way from America, we have Zakia Delilah Harris. She um, is the author of The Other Black Girl. It's at once a gripping thriller and a witty piece of social commentary. And it was an instant New York Times bestseller when it came out. It's one of the most talked about debut novels of the year. And as Attica Locke has said, it's the funniest, wildest, deepest, most thought-provoking ride of a book. So welcome Zakia. Thank you very, very much for being with us and over to you. Thank you so much, Daisy, um, for that wonderful intro. And thank you for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, it's a little early in the day, um, but um, I'm, again, just thrilled that you all are here and I'm thrilled that I get to appear alongside these amazing authors. Um, so, in a nutshell, The Other Black Girl follows a young Black woman named Nella Rogers. She's been the only Black person working at Wagner Books for the last two years, um, which means a lot of things for her. Uh, the biggest thing is it means she has to handle all of the microaggressions on her own from her white colleagues. So Nella's really thrilled when Hazel, another Black woman who is so cool, um, so down from Harlem, um, starts working in the cubicle next to Nella. Nella thinks, awesome, I have an ally. I have someone to talk about natural hair with. I have someone to just kvetch with about all of this uh, baggage that comes with being the only one in a white space. But things do not go that easily for Nella. Um, she starts to receive these strange notes at work and um, she slowly begins to wonder about Hazel's true intentions. So that's the main story, but unfolding alongside that story are the stories of three other Black women, uh, Shawnee, Kendra Ray, and Diana. Um, They're all also tied to the world of publishing um, and all have to navigate being Black women in this uh, white dominated space. Um, and all four of these Black women are tied to a very sinister, uh, chilling secret that has implications for them, but also for Black people all over the world. So uh, this story is very close to me. Um, some might say a little too close. Uh, I myself worked in book publishing for uh, two and a half, close to three years. Um, I worked in editorial first as an assistant and then as an assistant editor. Um, so I know a lot, of course, about the publishing world. Um, I actually started writing this book at my desk um, after having an encounter with a Black woman in the bathroom at work um, and experiencing that same feeling that Nella experiences in this novel of, oh, there's someone else here, like someone else uh, who knows what it's like to be the only one here. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't have like a sister-sister moment. Um, <laughs> she did not acknowledge me for whatever reason. Um, it's the bathroom. Uh, but after that, I went back to my desk and started thinking about, you know, this, these two kind of uh, truisms within um, the Black community that I'd grown up knowing and hearing. And one of those was, of course, when you're the only other Black person in a space or walking down the street, even in Brooklyn or parts of the city, you nod at the other Black person. Uh, you acknowledge them um, because it's just a sense of community and, and uh, kinship there. But there's also this joke and unfortunately a reality that sometimes we have to compete against one another because there's this idea that there can only be one of us. So what does it look like when two those two very uh, different uh, themes are kind of coming up against one, one another? So I really wanted to explore that through Nella and Hazel's relationship um, and also a few other uh, female relationships in this book. 
So I'm going to go back a little bit um, because I would be remiss not to tell you that um, I have been the only one for a lot of my life. So this, this is not just a publishing thing. Um, I grew up in a very white suburb in Hamden, Connecticut, um, much like my character Nella grew up in Connecticut. Um, I see similarities. Um, and I was uh, raised by, of course, uh, my parents to understand the significance of um, you know, understanding where I came from as a, a Black person who left home every day to go to a school that was mostly white. Um, so there are two other Black kids in my grade usually, but we'd be distributed um, evenly among the classes. So I never got to have that diversity experience myself. I was the diversity for other kids. Um, and so that affected a lot of things about me. It affected how I felt about um, myself, um, what I wanted to do to my hair. I started relaxing it when I turned 10 because I wanted to have straight hair. Um, you know, all the songs, the song lyrics to Rod Stewart, or all the <laughs> lyrics to Rod Stewart songs. And like, so I have this very interesting kind of, uh, you know, mostly having white friends outside of the home and then coming home. And then of course, learning all of those, those uh, black things that I needed to know about where I came from. So I had my feet in these two different worlds for a lot of my life. And then I got to middle school, high school and met other black kids who are not family members. And uh, oftentimes the question was, why do you talk like a white girl? Um, why do you participate so much in school um, from other black students? So that kind of confused me. Um, and it's something that took me years to really get over because because I constantly was, you know, measuring myself up against other forms of blackness that I was seeing. So that's a little bit of where I came from and like where a lot of the seeds for this book came. But I didn't really think about those kind of things exactly and how they're influencing me until I, um, first when I went to college at UNC Chapel Hill and down south, and then after that I did my uh, MFA at the New School in creative writing, um, in nonfiction I should say, because I got relisted for fiction, and it was the best thing that could have happened to me. Um, in my higher education, I started to take classes that um, I wasn't offered in high school. I had Black professors uh, for the first time, um, really, as I got older. And I took a lot of Black lit courses because I was an English literature major. So I was getting to know Amiri Baraka for the first time, Lucille Clifton. Um, I was learning a lot about James Baldwin. Um, and around this time, I was also uh, freshly moved to New York for my uh, master's degree. And um, this was 2014-2015 and New York City was on fire. The country was on fire because of police shootings and and um, murders that were gone on uh, you know unpunished. And so I was experiencing all of these things through the news, through turning the corner and running into a protest in New York City, um, and then also reading James Baldwin and realizing how much of my own experiences um, really were shaped by where I was from, where I grew up, um, and. I came to this realization um, that, you know, no matter how much, how uh, uh, well-spoken I am, no matter what I wear, um, I am also simply a Black woman. I'm moving through this country and a lot of people will just see me as that and make their assumptions about me regardless of what I say or what I do. And it made me feel really helpless, I'm not going to lie, um, and it really made me examine 
myself and what I would do with that knowledge. Um, and all of those things, again, go into this book, The Other Black Girl, because all of these characters have to, again, navigate um, how much of themselves they bring to work, how much of themselves they put into a box to make acceptable for white people, um, how true they be they will be to themselves, um, and whether or not success is, is worth it, right? And so that's something that influenced this book. And then this idea also that you have to, again, compartmentalize yourself, uh, which everyone does going into work, right? The work-life balance is something we all talk about, but what does it mean when you're a Black person working in a space that um, you really have to compartmentalize yourself? Even though the world of publishing does ask you to bring your opinions, your ideas, a lot of times it wants you to bring certain kinds of ideas and depending on what's in vogue with black thought or, or what people are protesting, um, that kind of affects whether or not publishing will listen to you. It's the sad truth. And so that was something that, you know, I was thinking about a lot, even before publishing, um, working in publishing, working in a cupcake shop, um, seeing the news and processing everything and then having to put a smile on my face, the way that these characters in the book have to do. So, so that's my little rambly explanation of the book and, and the inspirations. But um, I wanna lastly say, you know, this book, covers a lot of different things. While race is a huge factor in this book, a lot of it's also um, workplace relationships. Um, what it's like to be someone who is making not a lot of money, struggling to make ends meet as an assistant position, um, and having a boss who has like three vacation homes. What those conversations look like. What a conversation with a white author who doesn't see that the black character they wrote is problematic. How do you navigate all of those things um, when there is also class and uh, gender? All of those things are wrapped up in it. Um, and I think ultimately, again, what the price of success is. Um, do you continue to kind of move within the system um, the way these characters, some of them might decide to do? Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but do you continue to move within the system um, in the hopes that you're able to get to the top and bring other people along with you? Or do you be more radical? Uh, that's something that Black people, we have been discussing, I think, as a community for years since slavery. Um, and it's something that there's no easy answer to. And there's no easy answers to a lot of the things in this book, um, I like to add. But I do really hope that it just spurs discussion, hard conversations. Um, and I really hope it makes everybody readers of all races, all professions, all classes look inward um, and really question what diversity means, uh, what meaningful diversity means, how we can help one another, both in the workplace, but also in the world.